Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Best in the World Podcast with Richard Parr. Hello and welcome to the Best in the World with Richard Parr. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Come on, people, there's not long to go. Well, guess what? I'm going to give you a free gift today, and that is the knowledge from an Olympic champion. In fact, I give you this gift every single week because we learn from Olympic champions, world champions, former world record holders, and former world number ones to find out what they do differently from the average Joe. And it is fantastic this week because we are speaking to the Olympic gold medalist in women's hockey, the goalkeeper, Maddie Hinch. You may remember Team GB getting to the final and winning it for the first time, beating the reigning defending champions, the Netherlands, on a penalty shootout after it finished 3-3 in open play. And Hinch saving four penalties. Absolutely unbelievable. And it's a fantastic chat we have with her today. We talk about all kinds of different things, such as how Maddie's life has changed since she became an Olympic champion. In fact, some of the celebrities that she's met since she's become an Olympic champion. Listen out to that. She also tells me how she got started in the sport, how gaming helped the team relax using an Xbox, and also what was written on her famous water bottle. We also discuss food, music, and what it's like to live in the Netherlands, and that's all in today's podcast with Maddie Hinch. It's a must-listen-to episode. Whether you like hockey or not, it's really good for you and your everyday life. If you want that little bit of improvement, you can learn from the best in the world this week. Just before we get to the interview with Maddie, I want to tell you that this week's podcast is brought to you by the sports breakfast show Sportachino. It is live on Facebook, YouTube and on Periscope every weekday morning from 8 GMT. It's hosted by myself and we discuss a whole range of topics. We touch on something similar to here on The Best in the World, but also a little bit more sports results orientated and anything from what is going on around the world, from the Czech Republic to Russia to Uganda to Singapore. We cover sports on a global proportion and it is an interactive show. So if you have any opinions, you can do it live on Facebook, YouTube and on Periscope. It's called Sportuccino, S-P-O-R-T-U-C-C-I-N-O. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope. 
Snapchat, you name it, we are there and we're there live every single weekday morning from 8 GMT and they are sponsoring today's Best in the World with Richard Barr, so please go and check it out. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the interview with the very best in the world. This week, it's the Olympic hockey gold medalist, Maddie Hinch. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Barr. Maddie Hinch, Olympic hockey champion. Welcome to the best in the world with Richard Park. It's been a few months since you won that gold medal. How's your life changed since then? Yeah, it's uh, changed pretty dramatically. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind since we kind of landed back from Rio. Um, very much non-stop. Some really exciting opportunities have come up and um, and uh, you know everyone's talking about hockey which is incredibly exciting and something that we've dreamed of as a as a sport um, it's a fantastic game it just hasn't had the coverage it's deserved so to have you know nine million people tune in for that final and and, and give us the opportunity to show you what the game's all about is, is great and um, and so long may it continue apart from being on the best in the world what's been the, the most fun opportunity you've had since Rio <laughs> Um, uh, I think the, the going on the John Tomas show was pretty was uh, pretty surreal. Um, um, Renny Zellweger was also on at the same time, and she's like one of my favourite actors. So that was I had to play it very cool. Ah, oh, superb! I hope you got a photo with her at least. Yeah, I did definitely. <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about the the day of the final and that amazing fun. And you mentioned nine million people watching it in the UK did you even re- you know when you're in a training camp and you're concentrating on your performance on your matches did you even realize that just so many people were watching back home um no we actually had no idea um because we had decided as a group to take ourselves off social media throughout the entire games um and kind of we even went down as far as to change numbers so that people back home couldn't be kind of saying oh do you know that so-and-so is saying this back home or the viewing numbers are expected we really kind of put ourselves in a really tight bubble and 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 cut ourselves out really from everyone outside of us so we could really focus on what we were doing um so yeah we generally had no idea that what had kind of happened the moment we stepped off the pitch um and um you know, in some ways that was great because I think if we'd known that nine million people were watching and the impact that it had back home, it would have been a lot more scary than it was. Mm, uh, I'll be honest; it was one, really one of those "where were you" moments. You know, I, I, certainly during the Olympics, I remember exactly where I was when you were saving penalties and, and you guys won the Olympic gold medal. It was absolutely a, an amazing achievement. Um, was it hard giving up social media? Are you someone who uses it a lot? Or, or was it just really you knew that you were there to have a job and it, it didn't matter? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I definitely enjoy social media, always have done. But I think when we got together as a group and, and discussions were going around about kind of what we're there to do and the job to do and the, and the importance that social media would have, it was a bit of a no-brainer that, you know, at the end of the day, we're there to do a job um, and to to win a medal um, and yes at the same time we wanted to kind of grow our sport and, and the intention around it and social media would have helped that but uh, it came down to that basically if we're playing well and doing well then more people are followers rather than being on social media but not doing a great job so we said well, right we'll just let the hockey do the talking and thankfully we did exactly that and the, our performances is what caused the you know 
the social media interest to grow. Mm. When you were as a group together and you made that decision, what were some of the other rules and group decisions you made as a team? Um, I think one of the big standout ones for us, well, we had to make, we had to, you know, go through the, the detail around, you know, things were to happen back home, kind of the processes, you know, if someone had some bad news, how that would get fed back to that person. We all had like one member of staff that would be, you know, in contact with family back home that they could then speak to and then they would know the right time to come and speak to us because, you know, if you've got a bit of bad news immediately before a game, that's obviously going to impact things. Um, and, yeah, we, we had it literally down to a T in terms of... Um, uh, what we say to each other, we agreed that if someone, you know, uh, had watched maybe one of the other hockey games on that day, that we would all turn up to dinner and, and be talking about how well, for example, USA had played that afternoon, or did you see so and so, and blah blah blah. We literally just tried to block out everything else that was going on and just kind of stuck together and and uh, just focus on our jobs really. Mm. How how would you unwind during during the time in Rio? Then what what would you do? Um, it was quite funny. Our flat decided to take a Xbox with us, <laughs> which none of us are gamers. We, none, of, we, I, we, none of us even own one. We had to get it off my brother, and we took it out and we put it on a massive projector, and we all played Mario Kart like every evening, which was hilarious um, because none of us had really played it before. But it was the only way really to kind of um, switch off because you had to focus on that. So even if you watch a film, you, you tend to find your mind drifting um, and thinking about the game. So we were like, right, we actually need to do something, um, and we chose to do that. Yeah, that was really popular. We had everyone trying to come around and uh, and uh, play that. Really. Oh, great! Did it become really competitive? Yeah, always. Always <laughs> a competition. Life is a competition for us. <laughs> I can imagine who 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 ended up being the champion. Me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I, I had a slight advantage having had a, a, a having got it a, a younger brother, um, so I'd played on it a bit when I was younger. So I think I was a little bit more clued into it, clued into it than the others. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's let's talk about the the final a little bit more. And 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 one of the things was which was picked up was the fact that you had some notes on a water bottle and you had kind of research on some of the players. What what exactly had you uh, was written on your water bottle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the infamous water bottle. Um, I mean, I, I'd actually done that for every single game. I, it was part of my routine in the end that I kind of got on the bus. We had a, a good, like, 30-minute bus journey to the ground every every time we had a match. And um, I would kind of get the tape on my bottle and I'd just sit there and think about what I wanted to kind of focus on for that game. Um, and so I'd write down some, a few keywords and then I'd also write um, some numbers down which kind of were to do with um, penalty corners during the game against us. So it'd be numbers for who, who tracks the ball, where it's likely to go and, and it just reminds me of what the kind of stuff I need to call. So uh, for the final, I'd, I'd written um, hands up, uh, chin out, um, uh, well, hands up, chin out, and stay big. Um, relax, hands up, chin out, and stay big. And uh, and that was just because I'd had a conversation with a coach that used to do work with me in the past the day before, and he just said to me, "Look, if you kind of act and feel big in that final, then you'll um, uh, it will make a huge huge difference." So yeah, the, the standout thing for me is um, staying big. Um, and yeah, I just have it on my bottle, and, and every time I go behind the goal, I, I, I look at it, and I just I think it helps. <laughs> mm. Had you done anything like that before Rio? 
Um, I'd always done um, something on my bottle, normally around notes to do with corners. Um, I actually had decided to do the kind of motivational work until until Rio, but I've always kind of I've always been a bit of a geek, and I've always had tried to find some way of kind of having something to just remind me about uh, decisions to make in the game. As a keeper, you have to make the calls on what kind of formations you run to defend corners and what to think about. So I was just trying to kind of make my mind a bit clearer, really. Are there any other kind of rituals or other superstitions that you you do into the lead up to a big game? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty superstitious. I'm trying to get rid of a few, um, but uh, my ones that I always do is uh, I have a the same song that I listen to in a warm up, um, and I always have to drink a can of Red Bull beforehand, and I always have to do a three touch up at the top of the circle just before the whistle goes. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what song is it? <laughs> it's called um, a, uh, it's called a Fortuna. <laughs> you will have heard, you will never have heard of it. It's really embarrassing, but you need to Google it. <laughs> it's it's uh, Fortuna, did you say? Yeah, O Fortuna. O Fortuna. All right, I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll, I'm going to play it next time before I go to the oh, gym. Yeah. And so ho- hopefully I'll, I'll get a better workout. Yeah, well, it's like it's pretty heavy stuff, so be ready for that. You feel <laughs> like you want to. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You feel like you want to go to war afterwards. Oh, brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's the kind of music I need at the end of a run on a treadmill where you're just starting to lag, but you need to push that last five minutes. Yeah, so that's the one. That's definitely it. So it's O Fortuna and it's by Spiritual Project. There you go. Spiritual Project. All right, I'm, I'm writing that down right now. Spiritual Project. <laughs> o Fortuna. Okay. So, yeah, well, it, it, clear, it clearly works for you. That's because you became an, an Olympic champion. So we're, you're at the penalties. What what is what is going through your mind? And and did you did you? enjoy the fact that it was all coming effectively down to you <laughs> no um 
definitely not. I'd much rather just win um, <laughs> rather than have to go through the absolute pressure of a shootout, which is just pretty intense. Um, but at the same time, like um, the game, I'd been pretty busy in the game and I felt like I was really in the match. So I remember when the final whistle went, I was, I was actually pretty excited uh, for the shootout. Um, we were really confident as a group um, and you could just look at the Dutch and see that they were, were really up for it so I remember saying to myself I'm just going to enjoy this next kind of 20 minutes or so and, um, and not have any regrets so yeah I was pretty relaxed um, and um, and yeah really kind of just up for the challenge to be honest and it's you know it's a fantastic opportunity for a keeper to kind of um, play their part so yeah I was, I was excited for it. Yeah, and what did it feel like when you finally got to touch that medal and it was around your neck? Do you remember it clearly, or does it all feel like a bit of a dream? Yeah, I don't. The whole the whole evening was a blur. Uh, it's, it's still a blur. I can't really tell you what I was thinking or feeling. Or I remember just having like jaw ache from smiling so much. Um, and uh, and it, it doesn't actually feel like the whole thing ever actually happened. Um, you know, I've got this nice bit of bling that goes with me everywhere. Um, and then uh, other than that, I'm still a bit like, did we actually do what we did? And, and in the fashion that we did it, but uh, a really special moment. And in particular for the guys like Tate, our captain and Helen, who, you know, that was their third, fourth Olympic Games. They've been trying to do that. You know, unfortunately, that was my first, first one and got it first time around. So, you know, I was most pleased for those guys who have had incredibly long and, and difficult careers. So they're able to kind of hang up their hockey sticks now with no regrets. Mm. And you just missed out on, on getting into the uh, the team for 2012. What what did you kind of do differently in, in the lead up to, to 2016? Like when you had kind of the disappointment of not making 2012, are there anything you changed in your routines and your training habits uh, mentally that you did to make sure that you were in goal for GB at the 2016 Rio Olympics? Um, I think the the I think naturally uh, as a keeper you tend to um, get better with with age and uh, with maturity. Um, so I think for me, um, I was pretty young going into London. Um, I, I had my heart set on being that number two to best, um, and I didn't get it. And it was an, another knock in my career. I've had quite a few, um, and then uh, I remember just thinking to myself, right, I'm gonna kind of go into the, the next kind of cycle and focus more on kind of me as a, as a keeper and, and, and kind of um, what my strengths are so I, you know I've always been pretty explosive and want to be out and about in the circle and I think when I play well I just play on instinct and I think I spent a lot of the time as a younger keeper trying too hard and, and trying to impress and, and, and you know and, and trying to be something that I'm not and, I, and, and now I've learned kind of with age and just playing more and more that you know, and you do all the hard work back home to give you those moments to just step on the field and, and just play and not think about anything. And my best games, I can, you know, I can't tell you what I was thinking, but in my work games, I can tell you every single thing that's going through my head. Um, so now, I, you know, I have a very kind of relaxed approach in a match and I just trust that I've done the work and that it will just come right. And, you know, if I've done all the work and I'm having, I don't think, oh, I could have trained a bit harder then or then then, you know, I'm sure it'll go well. And, and I think that's kind of the mindset you need to have when you spend the whole time battling yourself. Mm. And you mentioned some of the other knocks you've had, that you've had quite a few in, in your career. What, what are some of the other ones which you would say have, have potentially made you a stronger person and a, and a better player? Yeah, I mean, I had quite a few I struggled initially as, as a, uh, when I was a youngster because I was 
I was pretty different. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not a stereotypical keeper. I'm pretty small, um, and I was struggling to kind of get the nod from the coaches. Um, and the, but the standout one for me was uh, our Junior World Cup um, year under 21 level. Um, I got dropped before the final training camp. Before Spain, I just got a phone call saying we're not taking you on to Spain for the final preparation phase, and I was literally devastated because. I just thought, you know, my whole career is going to keep getting these setbacks. And uh, I think looking back now, I wouldn't actually change my journey at all. I was almost, I almost am grateful for having those kind of knocks because I think you just want it more and more. And then you learn to just find that extra bit of kind of fight you need to train that a little bit harder. So I generally think you go on to be kind of great because of the setbacks you've had in the past. So, yeah, I'm kind of thankful for them now, but at the time they felt like the end of the world. Mm. Yeah, I bet. But, you know, you've got that gold medal. That's uh, that's what all the hard work was for. So you, you mentioned yeah. that you um, you weren't a typical size for a goalie. So how did you first start keeping? Where where did that come from? Um, I actually joined the school um, a little bit late. Um, my dad was in the Navy, so we travelled a lot as a family. And we came back to the UK in, like, the summer term of, of the school time. So I joined the school and I was very much the new kid and... Um, um, it was around the season and apparently I was like really dramatic in around the field, um, like diving around the balls that were just coming straight at me. And uh, and I remember the rounders coach saying to me, right, we need to send you home with the goalie pads because we want you to go in goal next season. Um, but I reckon it was just because I was a new kid and no one ever wants to go in goal at the age of 13 as a girl anyway. So it was... Um, but yeah, apparently I suited the role perfectly and uh, thankfully it kind of worked out pretty well. <laughs> mm, yeah, it certainly did. And then you went on to study sport and exercise science at Loughborough, is that right? Yeah. How yeah, how, right. how was that and how difficult was it at times to both study and to train? Yeah, it was, it was really tough. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say my university kind of experience was the same as most people's. You know, when I first arrived, I was in the middle of you know big tournaments coming up, and um, I could you know join all my friends on on the nights that where you you know you get to meet people and, and make your kind of friendship circles. So I really struggled to start with, and then also trying to balance with you know a degree on top of that. It was really really tough. But Lufra, you know, they're they're incredibly good at managing athletes that have all these these um, dilemmas as well. Um, so they're really flexible in you know in, in allowing you a bit of time to go away and and maybe focus on your hockey for a bit and then come back. So they were really good with me. Before London, I had a year out, and then I was able to come back to uni and, and, and carry on my degree. So in the end, I did well at, at both. So, um, But yeah, it, my, my uni experience is definitely different to most of my friends. Mm, yeah, I, I can imagine. Now, I asked a few people on, on Twitter to send any, any questions to you, and I've got one here from Zoe Mather. And it's one of the questions we, we normally ask most of our Olympic and world champions who come on the best in the world every week. And it's what's the typical day like for you, Maddie? So maybe just give, an, give us an idea of what time you normally get up when you train, perhaps the type of food you're eating as well, please. Yeah, um, so in the lead up to Rio, training days were really, really pretty intense. Um, we, I would normally be kind of up at around seven-ish because um, we would tend to be on the pitch, you know, around nine. Um, so I needed to be up kind of eating at about seven. Um, and and then, you know, <laughs> for me, my food in the morning was pretty regular. It was always porridge um, and or, or maybe toast and eggs. It was either one or two, depending on how I was feeling. Um, or what session I had coming up and then I'd head over to Bisham, do the pitch session. We'd then normally have a meeting immediately afterwards 
Um, and then after that, it would be um, either I'd probably have physio or video work to do. And then I'd either be in the gym or back on the pitch again, depending what day it was. And then in the evening, um, I would go home and I'd go down to my local uh, David Lloyd and get in a pool and um, just get some recovery done. And then I'm usually wrapped up by about 8 or 9 p.m. And, and food-wise, um, I was really fortunate to actually be working with a company that fed me. So all my food was delivered for me. And I was able to just literally heat up the tough water and eat what I needed to eat that day. Mm, that, that, that's a great thing you know uh i've spoken to other athletes on this show who who've got their food prepared for them because i guess it's just one less thing for you to think about right yeah definitely it, you know it ticks this really important box for us and and it's a really hard thing to um to achieve um with with so little time a day spare so you know these companies that are you know offering to kind of take away that kind of uh, side of things for you is, is fantastic and it's hugely important because nutrition is literally key to a lot of what we're doing so i'm very grateful for those guys for letting me do that and it made things a hell of a lot easier and i believe you're playing your your normal uh club hockey in the netherlands is that right yeah yeah i'm over at um sixer how, how long have you been there and, and what's it like living in the netherlands yeah, I mean, in the end, it was all very ironic that I was going to go and play there, you know, within five days of returning from Rio, I was, I was in Holland, and um, and obviously off the back of the final, it was a bit strange being there, and um, I didn't know what kind of reception I'd get, but uh, the club have been fantastic. Um, I've been there now, well, I've, I've done, we've had 11 games, um, and it, it's now the winter break, so I'm back in the UK now until February, and then the season starts up again. Um, so, but no, it's been a great experience, and I've very much enjoyed it there. Because it was a very strong Netherlands team that you beat in that final, wasn't it? They were the reigning champions. I've had Ellen Hoog on this show before, um, yeah. and yeah, so it's really impressive what what you guys did. Well, Matt, Maddie, it's been so great to talk to you today on the Best in the World with Richard Parr. Just before you go, could you just tell mm-hmm. us how we can continue to follow your journey on Twitter and social media, and so we can see how you're getting on, please. Of course, yeah. I mean, my my um, handles are all the same. Um, it's just at Maddie Hinch on Twitter and at Maddie Hinch on Instagram. Um, and that, yeah, I enjoy the social media side of things. So I try and keep people up to date as much as I can. And um, and yeah, hopefully the following in hockey will just continue to grow. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of exciting things coming up that people can uh, you know keep on track on with with what I'm doing really. Yeah, well, it's been great to learn from you. And I know that many people were inspired by your performance and the team's performance. It was absolutely amazing. Maddie Hinch, thank you for being on today's show and thank you for being the best in the world. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. The Best in the World podcast with Richard Parr. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.